I'm Father Ron Shibley, founder and director of the Anglican Internet Church, and I welcome you to this podcast homily for 15th Sunday after Trinity, the 16th in a series of 26 homilies for Trinity season. Revisions to this series are part of the AIC celebration of the start of its second decade on the web. The musical theme is the fourth verse of Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, performed by Richard M.S. Irwin and used with his permission. It is also the theme music for the companion video presentation for Trinity Season. Listeners may benefit from the companion AIC seasonal video series, Trinity Tide, the Teaching Season, which is presented in nine episodes, each linked from the digital library page with podcast versions linked from the podcast archive page at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. The series offers a brief history of the evolution of Whitsunday Pentecost and Trinity season, Anglican traditions of Whitsunday and Trinity, including the seasonal color and fasting traditions, and commentary on the collect, epistle, and gospel readings for Whitsunday Pentecost, Trinity Sunday, and all 24 Sundays after Trinity, and Sunday next before Advent in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer. The Collect Epistle and Gospel readings for 15th Sunday after Trinity are discussed in the series in Episode 6. The Epistle reading for 15th Sunday after Trinity Galatians 6 verses 11 to 18 is St. Paul's doctrine that ritual circumcision is no longer required in the church, which he calls the Israel of God in verse 16. Further, he instructs that God has made Christians, quote, a new creature, unquote, in which the peace and mercy of God prevails upon both the circumcised and the uncircumcised if they believe in Jesus Christ. The Gospel reading for 15th Sunday after Trinity, Matthew 6, 24-34, is a sermon by Jesus on the natures and uses of wealth. The reading is the third of the four selections from the Gospel of St. Matthew during the Sundays after Trinity. In the Gospels of St. Luke and St. Mark, the subject matter is included in the parable of the unjust servant. The time and place are early spring of 28 AD in the vicinity of Capernaum, a largely Hebrew city in the mostly Gentile area on the northwest shore of the Sea of Galilee. The time is early in Jesus' ministry just after the Sermon on the Mount and the introduction of the Lord's Prayer described in Matthew 6, 9-13 and Luke 11, 2-4. In the Western church tradition, these verses have been used to demonize wealth. They ought to be understood in a broader context as Jesus' lesson on how to live a Christian life. Three verses which were spoken just before we enter the reading are useful in providing the context. Here is Matthew 6, verse 19 to 21. 
Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Anglicans always prefer to hear scripture in the context of the book of Psalms. The selection for morning prayer for this 15th Sunday after Trinity includes the following from Psalm 49, verses 16 and 17. Be not thou afraid, though one be made rich, or if the glory of his house be increased. For he shall carry nothing away with him when he dieth, neither shall his pomp follow him. When we enter the scene in the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 6, verse 24, Jesus is speaking on the issue of having two masters. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. For so many in the Western tradition, it is the word mammon that is the focus of all the attention in the reading. Mammon, which is derived from either of two Greek words with Chaldean roots, mammonus or mammona, meaning wealth or riches, is used only four times in Scripture. The single use in today's reading and three times in St. Luke's account of the same incident known as the parable of the unjust steward. We must be careful not to obsess over the literal meaning of a single word at the expense of understanding what that word signifies in the spiritual sense. In the Anglican Communion liturgy, the clergy often say a private prayer at the altar, one of which is, All things come of thee, O Lord, and of thine own we have given thee. As King David noted in his final prayer before the dedication of the temple, recorded in 1 Chronicles 29, verses 10b to 13, we recognize that all things come from God, including wealth and riches. If all things come from God, then they cannot be inherently evil. They become evil if we use them incorrectly including valuing riches over all other things. There are some essential messages we could learn from Jesus' homily. Riches themselves are not condemned. They are inanimate objects that cannot be inherently evil, and that if we focus on earthly wealth, we are allowing our possessions to possess us. As I prefer to state the issue, Money is not the root of all evil. Evil is the root of all evil. Adoring earthly wealth in all its forms causes us to do the opposite of what Scripture commands, trust God wholly. Jesus' plain-spoken homily includes much wisdom, that we should not worry over food or clothing or life itself that by doing so we cannot add one cubit to our stature, that God the Father knows what we truly need and will provide them for us. And this from Matthew 6.33, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, 
and all these things shall be added to you. Jesus quietly reminds us that all our obsessions and fixations and concerns and passion cannot add anything meaningful to our lives compared to what God the Father offers in the great commandment, the love of God and the love of each other, two virtues which are the real treasure and not the works of mammon. Finally, you should understand this. Obsession about not having wealth or power is the same sin as obsession over the possession of wealth or power. You can use the free will God has given to each of us to choose which virtues and values you count as most important. Other AIC resources on topics discussed in this podcast homily for 15th Sunday after Trinity are available at our website, www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. First, Trinity Tide, the teaching season I mentioned at the beginning, a Bible study series presented in nine episodes. In that series, St. Matthew's account of Jesus' lesson concerning mammon is discussed and illustrated in episode six. The Lives of the Saints, an AIC Christian education video series presented in multiple episodes. From the first series, St. Paul is the subject of episode 5, St. Matthew of episode 14. From the second series, Archbishop Cranmer is one of three English martyrs celebrated in episode 28. Episodes in our Seasonal and Christian Education video series are linked from the digital library page. Episodes in Bible study videos are linked from the Bible study New Testament pages. Podcast versions of all three are linked from the podcast archive page. Among the AIC bookstore publications, in the Gospel of Matthew Annotated and Illustrated, St. Matthew's Account of Jesus' Sermon on Wealth, part of the Sermon on the Mount, is discussed in Chapter 6. The volume on the Gospel of Matthew features 117 illustrations from the 6th to the early 20th century. The cover illustration is an illumination of Matthew writing his gospel produced in the early 11th century. In layman's lexicon, entries of interest are Eucharist, mercy slash merciful, parables, Satan, sin, virtues, and wisdom. In Christian Spirituality and Anglican Perspective, in Part 1, you'll find a discussion of the fundamental duality underlying the discipline of Christian spirituality, the reality of evil in the world, and the Christian truth as its only antidote. All the AIC Bookstore publications are available using the Virtual Bookstore link at the bottom of the homepage at www. AnglicanInternetChurch.net or directly from my Amazon Author Central page https colon right slash right slash www.amazon.com right slash author right slash Ronald hyphen E hyphen Shibley Everything after dot com must be in lowercase letters. The first of two closing prayers was written in the 17th century by John Cosin, Bishop of Durham. 
The second is the Collect for 15th Sunday after Trinity, which Archbishop Cranmer adapted from the Gelasian Sacramentary of the Roman Church in the version used in England. Almighty God, Lord of heaven and earth, in whom we live and move and have our being, who doest good unto all men, making the sun to rise on the evil and the good, and sending rain on the just and on the unjust, favorably behold us thy servants who call upon thy name, and send us thy blessings from heaven, in giving us fruitful seasons, and satisfying us with food and gladness, that both our hearts and mouths may be continually filled with thy praise, and we may ever give thanks to thee in thy holy church. Amen. And now the collect. Keep we beseech thee, O Lord, thy church with thy perpetual mercy, and because the frailty of man without thee cannot but fall, keep us ever by thy help from all things hurtful, and lead us to all things profitable to our salvation, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Glory be to God for all things. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our website and make use of its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net.